0: Uh, I read I read a story this week. I've read it before, but I was thinking about something. And uh, in 1992, a shipping crate containing 28,000 plastic little duckies was lost at sea. Now, believe it or not, they're still They're, they're tracking them to track ocean currents because they're trying to use it for a good thing, but they're still floating out there after like 30 some years, they still have a significant amount of ducks floating around they, and they find them all around the world. They found one in the Arctic and different, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by this because I'm fascinated by ocean currents. Um, now, <laughs> it's really kind of a weird thing because it's just this, this aimless drift. They never get to really fulfill their purpose as a bath ducky, right? Uh, there's this, this drift and uh, so things kind of drift aimlessly. Maybe, you know, the other eventually fulfilled its purpose. But, you know, neither is really the epitome uh, of its purpose and efficiency, right? If you want to send a message, there's better ways than chuck a a message in a bottle. Unless you're on a desert island, then maybe that's your only option if you're like Tom Hanks or something. Um, That was a castaway reference for those who missed it. Wilson! Uh, (laughs) But today we're going to look at, we're looking, we're working through in the book of Hebrews, and there was kind of some heady theological stuff in the first couple of messages. I, I think I kept it, you know it's tough because you don't want to um there's lots of really cool stuff in there but you can spend too much time looking at the trees and kind of miss the forest so we kind of hit these these big theological things but now we're going to turn to something uh, in the book of hebrews there's actually five warnings um people looked up like warnings warning danger will robinson danger uh (laughs) And so there's these warnings and today we're going to we're going to get to one. So Hebrews chapter two, starting in verse one says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Uh, it's the the word so uh, in a lot of translations like ESV will say therefore like if we're reading from the New Living Translation today Uh, and there's an old saying in fact in fact Denise and I were sitting there last night kind of laughing because I remember hearing this saying like when I we like first became believers so like 20 years old I heard this saying and I was like oh that's so cool but now I've heard it more than a few times and I hear so many pastors use it I'm like is this like in pastor school somewhere you have to learn this but there's a saying that when you see a therefore you look to see what the therefore is there for was it in your schooling too did they t- or you just heard it enough times uh, i don't know who originally said it i can't give him credit uh ooh, i rhymed <laughs> anyway <laughs> so we see this therefore and so kind of the first part of the book of hebrews leads to you know jesus is better He's better than the prophets, he's better than the angels who put the law in, in, into place, all that. Uh, therefore, since all this is true, if Jesus is who Hebrews says he is, it should change the way we live, the way, uh, the way we operate in this life. And so, therefore, we must listen. You know we must listen this is written to the church this is not written to to people on the street this isn't for you know random people you meet at walmart although it could be <laughs> but it's written to the church we must listen and listen carefully in other words you know pay careful attention now before covid i i, I flew occasionally <laughs> you know um you know and it's interesting because even internationally the uh, a lot of times the flights i'd be on the um the, the, the person giving the, the flight instructions, it's like the same thing. Even if it's not in English, I usually knew what they were saying because you'd heard it enough times. Or, but in English, now, those of you who fly, who's never flown, anyone? Or maybe like flown once only? Like your first time, you kind of listen, right? Because you're like, I want to know what happens when this plane goes down. But then after a while, like, you're, there's phrases from it you could say on your own, right? Like, make sure you put the mask on yourself before helping the passenger next to you. Your seat cushion will be a flotation device. And you're thinking, I'm only over land, so I don't think that's going to be a necessity unless we hit, like, the one lake or something. Um, but, you know, the first time, you, maybe you listen intently because you're nervous. After a hundred times... i don't i don't even pay attention like i don't even act like because i used to try to act like you're paying attention and then it's just like i'm like reading a book getting things ready you know settling in my seat you know trying to ward the people off my hand armrest because you know you always get that one person who like trying to take your armrest too and it's like come on there's two like i get one you get one um maybe that's just me (laughs) i I actually always feel bad for the person has to sit next to me if it's like a tiny flight you know, because I remember one time I got on a flight and there was like these two huge dudes in the back on the back wall at the end. And there was like a seat between them. And I'm like, yep, you know where I'm going. They took the three biggest dudes on the plane and put us next to each other. We had to fly like to Texas sideways. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I still have back problems. But, you know, the, the, <laughs> first time you're not going to listen, right? Hundred. I mean, you are going to listen. Hundredth time. Maybe you kind of don't listen. The danger is if you've been in church a while. And we, we, we can hear these words so many times that we really no longer carefully listen. Even if you read it, you might kind of go over it and kind of miss it. Uh, that's one of the fun things about my job is I get to study the Bible as part of my job. Uh, it's not all day, trust me. I wish I could just all day sit in the library and read. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's like I get to study and there's things you, you, you read it and you kind of missed it or maybe you forgot about it. Anyway, uh, one of the most... Quoted movie lines is, and I'll see if you guys can get this one, Luke, I, yep, anybody heard that music, movie line? Anybody remember hearing it in the movie theater for the first time? Well, you didn't, because that's not actually in the movie. What? (laughs) Because, I mean, we say that, like it's in there, right? But the line is actually, um, he never says, Luke, I'm your father, it says, no, I am your father. I totally blew your mind, didn't I? Because sometimes we think things were said that weren't said. And, and that's one of the reasons we, we teach and study the Bible, is because we kind of we miss out on things. We think things are in there that aren't in there. I, I, I love when someone tells me something's in the Bible that I know is not in the Bible, and I'm like, well, where is that? You know? I also have fun telling people when they're like, you know, they'll they'll ask me something. I'm like, it's in Hezekiah, and then like have them look for Hezekiah. Because it sounds like it should be a Bible book, doesn't it? But it's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so we, the danger is sometimes we can hear the truth so many times we no longer listen carefully to these words and even misunderstand or mishear what's said. Um, and, and so, or we may drift away. Now, I have, uh, you know, mentioned this song on occasion, the song Slow Fade. Anyone know that song? If you've been here for a while, you've heard me say I can never remember. Is it Casting Crowns? I got it right this time. I'm terrible with like band names and songs. I know some of you are like encyclopedic knowledge of these things, not me. Uh, but in the song, it's just it's a slow fade because most people don't like like okay, wake up and go today. I'm not going to be a believer, and I'm going to stop being faithful <laughs> to, to, to the things I believe. But but it, it's like it's a slow fade. Th- things creep in slowly. And, you know, I often d- deal with the pain people inflict on others and themselves because of a slow fade. That's one of the great points of my job. Not really. <laughs> whether it's in one area of the life or, or whether um, it's it spread to other areas. And, uh, you know, or we drift away, there's sort of this image of a boat drifting from shore. You know, I I grew up on a lake, so we had all kinds of boats. You know, you had to, like, we didn't have a lot of toys in those days. Like, we had a few toys, but not like we have today. Uh, You know, we didn't have, like, video games. We had, like, Pong. Uh, You know, I think my friend got an Atari at some point, and it was like, But there was like two games because like in our day you couldn't didn't have you guys have like a ton of video games and everything and so we spent all our time outside you know playing on boats and so you know for those of you don't know boats drift away (laughs) if you don't tie them up or anything and maybe you've had that boating experience um it's awkward when your boat drifts away you're sitting there or sort of maybe the image is like the rope slipping away if you've ever been holding on to a and the, the current and the wind and things start to pull it from you. And it's just kind of like the rope is slipping out of your hands. And then like you've you got to go, oh, no, boat's gone. And, and so the, the idea is to drift away. It's kind of, it's just slipping away. And, for the, and verse 2 says, for the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. And every violation of law and every act of disobedience was, was punished. Now, in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, when we read things, you know, there's, there's consequences for sin. Like Adultery. You get stoned to death. It's a very real, very quick consequence. So you're kind of going to think hard about whether to do that or not, right? Disobey parents. This is one of my favorite ones. You could be killed for disobeying your parents. That was actually throughout most of the ancient world. Now All the kids just sat up. They're like, what? (laughs) This whole section of kids over here wasn't paying attention until now. Uh, We're not bringing that back. Don't worry. (laughs) Did not hear that here. you know, or, or there's a story, you know, Achan keeps some of the loot, uh, doesn't seem like a big deal, a lot of people die. There, so there's, there's consequences to sin, and sometimes for us the consequences aren't immediate or obvious, uh, but there was consequence. And then it says, verse 3, so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And <laughs> so it's, or it's you know, it, this is kind of a lesser to greater argument. If, if, if God did it in this little way, he's certainly even more now. <laughs> and so it, it's the idea is, you know, if, if we ignore this great salvation, now ignore, you, it's sort of the idea of neglect. It's not that you didn't know it was there. You just kind of ignore it. You know, kind of like when you tell your kids to, do the dishes and they ignore the dishwasher um just say, okay just us anyway uh warren Wiersbe. he said this he said more spiritual problems are caused by neglect than perhaps any other failure on our part we neglect god's word prayer worship with god's people and other opportunities for spiritual growth and as a result we start to drift the anchor does not move we do it, it, it's so easy in faith, and this is, not, I'm not telling you this to depress you, to, uh, to, to make you sad about things, but it's easy to kind of drift off from faith and, and to move away from things. Uh, <laughs> kind of back to those image below. Now, if the rope slipping from my hand with the boat uh, was full of garbage, would I care that much? Well, hopefully I wouldn't want to pollute, but you kind of wouldn't be like, well, I'm going to lose my life trying to save, you know, this boat of garbage. We'll get the boat later, right? Or, or if it was like a bunch of stuff you loaded to go to Goodwill. Maybe you live down the Bayou and you got to take, <laughs> take things. You know, uh, you know, it, you you probably, you know, if it's slipping out of your hands, ropes kind of go on. You be like, ah, we'll get it later. You know, if it's your children, heading to a waterfall. Those are your parents. I would. <laughs> some of you would let it go, but that's you know, <laughs> that's a whole other sermon. But. I would hold on so tight. I mean, it wouldn't. I wouldn't care if the skin pulled off my hands, right? Like I fiercely love my children, and, and I, I would. I would lose my arm, which is easy with me because I've had enough injuries now. This arm just, I think, pops off like potato head guy. <laughs> uh, this one does too now. I'm just. I'm a potato head guy. I'm like an action figure. you pulled the arms off and put them back on, and they don't quite stay on anymore. That's me. <laughs> uh, and so I mean you you would you would let your skin burn off your hands because you'd want to save your hands because why? It's something really important that you're letting slip away. And if we really value our faith, really value it, well, be careful we won't let it slip away. Um, God's working of such powerful acts played a significant role. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like a big quote that I put here that, you know, um, it's, you know, things that are important. And then, you know, God kind of, he allowed, he he gives us the message. And then there are these important things that we see in which God confirmed it with miracles in, in the in the. In the uh, New Testament, which is what we see here. So you know, uh, so it says, kind of going go back. God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever He chose. And so God, throughout the New Testament, continually kind of did miracles because Jesus did miracles, right? And then, then if you read. His apostles you read through the book of Acts, you know, uh, you know Peter uh, You know Peter and John they're going to the temple. There's a guy asking him for money He's like hey look at me the guy's thinking oh boy I get some cash <laughs> and said, you know, he's like you know silver and gold have I not I'm going like kind of the new King James King James for you Dana, <laughs> but you know silver and gold have I not <laughs> but in the name of Jesus walk and so You know we confirmed this with these miracles and things and then the guy walked Everyone's praising God um, <laughs> uh, and so there, there's the, all this cool stuff we're doing that i mean the, the new testament you see people doing and uh that is all okay that is the truth that is the gospel it, it's what god has done but then here we then must be accountable to that truth to living out that truth not just to ourselves we've talked before about this concept a guy wrote a book craig grischel uh christian atheist i have yet to read it i've skimmed it real hard uh <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at the chapter titles. I would probably be a good read I think I lent my copy out and somebody took it and then it came back recently and then I someone may have taken it again I have more than a few books in my office. I think I need another bookshelf I've now got them stacked up in front of the bookshelves if you've been in there and I just a retired pastor was giving away his library I came back with a giant <laughs> box of books. I did um, <laughs> I couldn't help it. They're books. They're your friends those of you who are like library nerds, come on now. It's hard to give up free books, right? And I collect them. Sometimes I even read them. Um, now, there's there's some good ones. I've even, uh, you know, some of them I really wanted for years too. So this one's hard to get. You know, it's out of print. Anyway, um, I, I was really hoping they had this one out of print book. I'm such a book nerd, though. But anyway, they didn't. Um, my friend got it, Steve. <laughs> um, but but a lot of times, you know, we, the idea of Christian Atheists is we. Um, we sometimes choose which areas of our life we want to make faithful to god and then we don't kind of do that and I, like we like kind of like part, you know I'll, I'll give god this part of my life and that but not this part of life and a lot of us it's like things like sexuality we're like hey god you got my whole life except this thing i want to keep this in the closet <laughs> you know I, or this thing i want to I, I don't want to don't want to let you, I, you know i want to serve god but i want to flip people off when i drive now, and that's never a struggle or a challenge for any of us, right? Not here. I mean, just probably the people online, you know. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's why you didn't drive here, because you're like, oh, no, I'm going to get angry. No. But, but you know, we, we have to, we're accountable to living out the truth. Now, one thing you should know about me is I don't cheat on my way. Now, you're like, why the heck are you, <laughs> like, you should have, why are you saying joke? Okay, number one, it would destroy a great relationship that I've worked hard for. You know, we've been working on this relationship. We, we started dating when we were 13. Didn't, you know, we've been married for a while. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's gotta be pushing 30 years now. I mean, was it 95? What's this, six, 20, 26 years? Is that right? Anyone? Any? She doesn't even know and she's good at math. Uh, anyway, we've been married <laughs> forever. Now, so it would destroy a great relationship. That's important, right? Uh, number two, I would hate to have to tell my kids that would be awkward hey guess what dad's jerk um <laughs> number three I'd lose my job all of my jobs they'd, they'd, you know I'd, I'd be instantly fired just so you know um I'd fire myself because right now through a loophole I'm on my own board <laughs> so I'd fire myself and then I would not rehire me and then I'd also lose that job so it's uh, it's okay <laughs> uh, in fact I'd probably lose all three of my jobs but <laughs> but here's the thing. biggest reason I wouldn't cheat on my wife you ready for this anyone know this one It's a sin against God. And and, and sometimes I think in the the American church, we don't take sin seriously. But if this gospel is true, if salvation is in Christ, then it should affect the way I live. And and so the number one reason, you know, again, all those things are important. There are reasons. But it's, am I going to be faithful to the truth that I know? Um, Now, I love America. You know, America. You know, I think. That you know, I, I should get a shirt that just says America. <laughs> you know, I, I I love the things about America. I've told you, you know, I love freedom. I love potato guns. You know, actually, Tom, we went down to his beach place one time. We were shooting potatoes out into the ocean. Uh, actually, technically, it was the bay. But uh, you know, I, I I love that. I love fireworks. You know, I, I there's like things that are just like truly American that are fun. You know, and when you travel overseas, people have all these images of America as being big and brash and everyone owning guns and shooting off fireworks everywhere. And I just tell them it's true. Uh, <laughs> There's just, just like some funny things about our culture that you really don't get unless you're from our culture. Uh, <laughs> it's not perfect, uh, but, but I'm all about it. But here's the thing, in America, most of us want a God without rules or consequences, right? Yeah, like, I, like I, I want God, I want that peace with God, but I don't actually want to, you know, have problems, I don't want to have to like live by his rules, because some of us don't like when people tell us to do something. I'm, I'm going to start a political thing just for a second, don't, uh, no show of hands, but who h- here think, in your mind, doesn't want to get the vaccine now just because they told you to get the vaccine? <laughs> not going to make it political, we're not going to discuss that, <laughs> but, but I, it's hard because when you're told to do something, like if there's a sign that says, you know, don't walk on the grass, what's the first thing I want to do? I'm an American. It's my God-given right to walk in the ground. When the pandemic came and we're like, we're being told we have to wear masks and, you know, and, you know, not touch things and we clean our hands. We're like, it's my God-given right to go lick doorknobs, you know, <laughs> because we don't like being told what to do, right? And it's very much the with America. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's some stories in the Bible that we, we know that part of our cultural thing, even if you're not a Christian, you, you may have heard of these stories. But but I think we miss a little point. And so first story, it's going to be in John 8. We're not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to read two verses here in a minute. But there's a woman who gets caught in adultery. PG-13. Caught in the act. There's no doubt as to what was going on. And so they bring her in front of Jesus. And there's all kinds of questions in the story. Like, Like, where's the dude? you like it takes two to tango, <laughs> you know. And there's, you know, and, every, and they bring him because they want to trap Jesus. Because they're like, okay, if he is says, you know, let her go, then you know he's soft on sin, and we can, you know, uh, we can get him. Uh, but if he says stoner, which is what the law requires, then it's like, ha! See, you know, he has no compassion. So they, it, it's not even about the woman caught in adultery. She's just a pawn and so they bring her there and you know jesus kind of ignores him and he's writing in the sand and, you know and people and there's all kinds of scholars we try to figure out what was he writing in the sand you know and there's all these like philosophies and things and i read lots of pages on it and in the end we don't know because the bible doesn't tell us right <laughs> but so at some point and <laughs> at some point uh you know they're like kind of pressing him for the answer and he goes uh, let let I'm, I'm gonna go king jamesy on you here Let he who is without sin cast the first stone and, and it says they went away from oldest to youngest because, you know, the older you are, the more you kind of realize we're a little jacked up at times. We, we do some things that we shouldn't do. And, <laughs> and so, you know, kind of, uh, and so Jesus wins that argument. And a lot of people stop the story there. But, you know, Jesus says, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And, and Jesus said, neither do I. Because, you know, he's the only one who could have chucked a stone. <laughs> go and sin no more. He didn't say just go. So there's forgiveness, there's grace, but there's still the expectation to live a certain way. Um, we, we talked last week, we d- talked about the healing at the Pool of Bethesda. I think it was last week, right? Anyone? You don't remember any of my sermons, do you? Why do you come? No. <laughs> you're like a bucket with a hole in it. No, I'm done. Just come every week, please. <laughs> uh, you're like, Jesus, you talked about Jesus, I think, Jeff. No, uh, last week we talked about the uh, healing at the Pool of Bethesda. Uh, Jesus, like, heals a dude. And then he, like, slips back in the crowd. Picture the Homer Simpson meme when he goes into the hedges. Uh, sorry, that's terrible. But that's kind of how I picture, you know, because Jesus heals the guy, and he just, like, doesn't stick around to take credit or anything. He just heals the dude and slips out. And everyone's, like, gets so uptight about him carrying a mat. And they're like, oh, who, who told you to carry the mat? He's like, the dude that healed me. And they're like, who is it? He's like, I don't know. He slipped away. I just, but he told me to carry the mat, so I'm carrying the mat. And I'm like, oh, and they're, like, mad at him and everything. And so Jesus finds him later in the temple. He says, these, uh, the later Jesus found him at the temple and said, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Stop sinning. See, again, we're not, we're not a legalistic faith. We're not like, oh, you have to do this and this and this to be approved of by God. But when you have true faith in Christ, when, when we take our salvation seriously, we live differently. We, we, we live in a way that honors God. And there's all kinds of stuff to that. I'm just going to refer you back to the Sermon on the Mount for one thing, <laughs> you know, because a lot of Christians like they, they say they want to do the Jesus thing, and again, we we often treat it like the, the agreement on the software agreement. You you click yes, I believe this, you know, like who, how many people read their software agreements? Update your iOS recently, anyone with the iPhone? And it's, you, know, you have to click to agree to ser- terms and. Ser- who read the terms and agreements and services? Like, there's like two dudes out there somewhere who've, re- who've read it probably. But the rest of us, we just click OK. And sometimes that is with the Bible. But, you know, if you want to look at how to live your faith out, look back at the Sermon on the Mount in the beginning of Matthew. There, there, there's a lot of ways that we're, we're asked to live in ways that are sort of contrary to the way the rest of the world lives. And, and that's part of, of living out our faith, is to live the way Jesus would have us live, do the things we uh, would have have, have us to do. And, and so faith in Jesus should be life changing. I had a a friend, (laughs) he used to always say, we worked with kids together, and uh, he was like, you know, everyone's got that gregarious fun friend, like he was kind of that friend, Uh, he was just always funny, and, um, but it was also kind of fun to pick on him, and uh, so another one of my friends, he would, uh, would, uh, every time he ate a sandwich or something that was good, he'd be like, man, this This sandwich is life changing. You have a friend who just like loves sandwiches, like they're the Joey in your life, (laughs) and so you know he he eats this. He eats a sandwich. He's like, man, that's life changing. My other friend goes, you know, you you preach the gospel to kids. You tell them it's life changing. You say that sandwich is life changing. Are they the same thing? (laughs) And I'd never heard this guy be quiet for like five minutes, and he was absolutely silent. Then finally, he goes, this sandwich is life enhancing. I mean, there's a lot of things in life that are life-enhancing that, that make life good. They make life enjoyable. Are, you know, we should enjoy good sandwiches. I'm pretty sure that's in the back of the Bible. But, uh, you know, we, it's, the gospel should be life-changing. Uh, it, it should change the way we live. Um, and a lot of times we don't like God's rules. We don't, don't like his laws because we think they're wrong. We're like, oh, well, that's, you know... God doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, anyone here ever get a traffic ticket? Yeah. Was it for something you did wrong? Was it for a stupid reason? No, it's always... It, because if you, when you get it, you always think it's stupid. Like, like, like if you got one for speeding, you'd be like, that's so stupid. But then if, like, the dude cuts you off, speeds in front of you, and then gets a ticket, you're like, justice! As you pass him on Route 1. I'm, I'm the only one? Okay. Uh, but... You know, God's rules are for, for human flourishing. Uh, one theologian says, uh, "You know, it, you know, it's kind of like traffic laws. Um, you know, you have to stop for pedestrians when they're in the crosswalk. Why? Car versus person. Car wins. And so you don't stop for a pedestrian. You might get a ticket, and it's it's for the greater purpose of you need to like not hurt people, right?" You know, we're always, like, we we ride the bikes. Sometimes you get a little nervous. We actually, we we were riding last night. We get down to the corner by, you know, Rodney Village, kind of, in 13, because we... the 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 POW highway or whatever that's like we call it, that's called the two bumps because they're not really hills in Delaware so that's that's the two biggest hills we could find around here and so we do the bumps we get down to the bottom we're sitting there and there's a screech and there's an accident just as we got there there's another one that almost happened it's scary when you're you know out on a bike and so there's rules <laughs> to to keep us from dying and, and so we have to stop for pedestrians we and then speeding um, I've Twice in my life sped, I think, in a car, um, today. Um, and, that, and I got caught the only two times I did it. Uh, no, I, I, I still remember, I got busted in front of the Y on State Street. Some of you know where that is. They were running a speed trap there one day. And I was on the, my way to buy Denise's engagement ring I had a pile of money stuffed under the seat of my car, and I'm like, please don't search the car, you're going to ask why, I've been saving up for my paycheck working in the factory, (laughs) you know, I got all these like 10s and 20s, I look like a drug dealer, I'm like, they're going to take my money, I'm not going to be able to ask her to marry me, someone else is going to come along, (laughs) you know, (laughs) then I'm like, is this a sign, because God, you're going to have to give me a verbal warning not to marry her, because I'm I'm on my way, Uh, I like that girl. (laughs) Um. He who finds a way finds a good thing. It's in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, w- w- there's speed limits because if, if everyone's seen someone drive too fast, what happens? People die. I read stories all the time where people die because they sped, and they didn't even find them for years later. That's, like, creepy, right? <laughs> you know, because they were going too fast, didn't negotiate a turn, went off somewhere remote. <laughs> you know, uh, that happened recently up in Newcastle County. They found someone who'd been there for months. <laughs> it's creepy. But there's a rule about safe speeds because it makes all of us safe. And so we may not like the traffic rules at times, but I think we can all acknowledge traffic rules are for a reason. Sometimes they seem arbitrary about where the speed limit is. Like South Street, man, you better slow down in Camden. <laughs> Feels like it should be 35, it's 25, just so you know. <laughs> Even when you know, some of you have gotten tickets. Um, but you know, we, we, we don't like sometimes following these rules, but there, there are these rules and these warnings about, you know, we, we need to live a certain way in society, there's this way to live in, if we're believers and followers of Jesus. Now, God's, God's rules. Now, why, maybe I'm the only one who thinks about these things, or maybe you just pay me to think about it so I can tell you about it later, but, you know, why does the author put the warning here in the book? You ever wonder that stuff? Like, why is why did he structure his argument the way he did? I spend a lot of time thinking about that, um, but, you know, anyway. There's this strong warning in the middle of talking about who Jesus is. And again, there's this order to Hebrews where we're going to have some doctrine, like, like some truth about God, learning about who he is, and then like a warning about not falling away. And, and so we have to be careful of the drift, <laughs> uh, because, again, what comes before it kind of gives us this idea uh, of why? Be- because it's so great a salvation. One translation says, "We we don't want to drift. It's this great thing." Um, and now in fishing, anyone here fish? Like a couple people. Um, I grew up again. We didn't have much to do except um, fish and. In Delaware, you can't eat too many of the freshwater fish, but we just fished a lot. of meat. That's because of PCBs and, you know, pollution. And we could have that discussion later because that's probably not at all having anything with this. But, you know, when you go fishing, like, we would go fishing on the lake all the time. And, like, we'd sit there and fish. And I still have some of the fishing rods I had when I was a kid, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, like, I, I, you know, I still remember all these vivid things I remember going out. Now, here's the thing. When you're, when you're fishing and you find a good spot where they're biting and you're in a boat, what do you have to do? You have to either anchor in, or, or, or you have to like kind of paddle kind of constantly because even Moore's Lake is, is there's there's a bit of a current going through there, especially certain times of the day. It's actually tidal. I don't know if you notice, you know, the water, the current switches directions there on the lake sometimes. Anyway, uh, but but it, it's you know you have to do something actively to stay there. Uh, so you have to drop anchor. Uh, you know, if you don't want to drift, you need to you need an anchor or or some activity to keep you from drifting. And it, so you know, it's natural with our faith to drift. If we're not careful, we need to anchor in on something. Um, and I was thinking of, uh, in the book of Revelation, it's been a while since, you know, we, we kind of did Seven Churches. Anybody remember that series? Was anyone, that's, some of you are like giving me puzzled looks. You're like, I don't even remember doing that series. <laughs> it was a little bit ago. Justin would remember when it is, but He's working security today. (laughs) Uh, But, you know... revelations chapter 2 verse 1 I, I know all the things you do this is Jesus talked to the churches and he gives these kind of these text messages these warnings to churches and so these kind of important things to, to learn and it says I know all the things you do I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance I know that you don't tolerate evil people you have examined the claims of those who say they're the apostles but are not you have discovered they are liars you have patiently suffered for me without quitting and so he's saying hey you, you, good news there's a lot of things you do that are good like and, and you know you ever been like caught at work, doing your job, or you have you have like someone who worked under you who like doesn't do their job, but then the boss comes, and they miraculously were doing their job, like good job, and they get an award usually, and you're like, the one time I wasn't doing my job, you come in, no, but you know they, they get caught doing the job, you know, hard work, patient endurance, you don't tolerate evil people, and th- there's just always this tension, and what they mean here is not you know, you, not that you don't tolerate people in the world because people in the world are often kind of a little messed up, but they're supposed to be because they're not believers and followers of Jesus. So we work on getting them believers and followers, but, but, you know, <laughs> there's this tension between, you know, being involved in the world and, uh, and not allowing the world to change us. And so ultimately Christians need to be this force for good and justice in the world. It says you examine the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You know, think about the cults. They knock on your door. They gotta, They always have an extra book like like there's a you know if you need an extra book to understand now there's i got all kinds of extra books but they're to help me better understand the bible if you need a book that contradicts what says in the bible uh or only this one special translation i'm just telling you there's a problem <laughs> uh and you know there's kind of like you know, <laughs> I don't know i get there but um you patiently suffered without quitting all this stuff good stuff right but what does he say to the church after that anyone know probably, is it popping up here? I don't remember I put it in the, the new notes today. But he says this, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you And if you don't repent, bad things happen. Uh, you know, you don't love me or, or, or each other as you did at first. Uh, and, and so you know, there, there's this um, it's it, actually an interesting phrase because it's kind of ambiguous in the Greek uh, what it saying you've lost the love for you know there's several theories you know you mean love for christ love for one another love for the lost all the above uh, i think it's ambiguous because of it is all you love but anyway you've lost that loving feeling whoa 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 <laughs> uh, it's so it's we've lost that loving feeling and it's easy to drift and lose our feelings lose our connection our love for uh, for God, um, you know, in, in Luke, uh, well, actually in Matthew 22 that, you know, someone's asking, you know, teacher, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said, and you've, you've certainly heard this before. Jesus says, you must love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all, all your mind. And the second commandment uh, is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important love your neighbors yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So paraphrase is love God, love others. And, and we're, we're made to live that way. But, we drift. It's, it's easy to sort of kind of drift from, from loving God, from being about it, if we're honest. And it's easy to not love each other, because the two are they're kind of interconnected. Our faith is this, there's uh, <laughs> two things. And a lot of times, we, faith becomes something we talk about, again, this is not, this is not to be condemning, something we talk about but it doesn't really have that, that, that depth of it. We start to go through the motions. And it's kind of like, you know, if I were to go home um, and, and say, uh, you know, I'm going to keep doing everything I do as your husband, but I don't love you anymore. How would, how would that go over? Not too well. <laughs> uh, it'd be devastating. But, you know, so if you love, there's going to be action. But, but, but it's about, the, it, faith is not just the stuff we do. It's this relationship with God, and if we're not careful, we drift from having this true relationship with God. Um, Now, I was thinking about, you know, common signs of drifting, because, okay, we said that. I, I, I remember I was always, like, whatever the pastor preached on, I was so convinced and convicted that, like, you know, it was all about me. I thought he'd written the message just to me, and, you know, (laughs) I was like, oh, you know, every every time he said, (laughs) you know, I I was, anyway, so, but, you know, kind of like, how how do we kind of know that we're in this boat? That's drifting. Uh, (laughs) One is, you know, have we stopped growing? Now, I occasionally travel. I'm also an idiot. Um, and so when I, when I have longer uh, delays in airports and, and, the, and fewer people are there, especially American airports, because when I'm overseas, I try to, like, have some sense of not making the American, uh, have the world think that Americans are what Americans are. But, but especially domestic airports and no one's there, you know those, like, moving walkways? You got to go the opposite way, Right if there's no one around I mean it's like it's some of them you have to really get moving to go anyway or go up or go up the down escalators and then someone comes and you have to turn around like you're going that way the whole you know especially long delays I do that and I think faith is kind of like the moving walkway because if we stop walking we go backwards and a lot of times in our faith if we stop moving forward we stop doing the things it takes to make our faith grow we don't stay where we are we go backwards and so if you stop growing you're going to start going backwards um n- number two things you did i, I call it bc <laughs> before christ uh, so things i did bc start to slip back in you know uh spending time with bad influences uh being influenced instead of influencing them for christ uh speaking in ways that you've been delivered from uh, <laughs> lack of fellowship with other believers there's you know it's kind of like a brick wall and when we're, when we come to faith in Christ, you know, he kind of knocks down that wall. And a lot of the behaviors and things that, that, that we'd gathered and put together and lived a certain way, he gets rid of. But we tend to, over time, sometimes take those bricks back, right? So the things we were delivered from and we give for were taken back. And we start to build that wall up again if we're not careful. Um, you know, we were talking about hoarding this week. Anyone anyone hoard? No, I mean, no, no. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm not going to tell you that I do. And uh, You know, I, I I remember watching, and I'm not making fun of the lady, but the show kind of did, um, but like, it was like hoarders, and it's it's just, it's a fascinating like, you think your house is cluttered? Watch Hoarders, and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> but I remember the lady's like, got this pumpkin, and she's, they're trying to throw out this rotten pumpkin that's been months and months too old in her house, and She's like trying to take the seeds because, like, oh, the seeds are still good. I know. And um, it's like it's kind of this moment where you're like, oh my gosh! And again, I'm not making fun of her, but um, you know, I think courting probably starts with like a little clutter, and I think a lot of people don't realize how I, how did I get here? And it's like you take a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And it's this you know this slow thing. It's this slow process, and then it ends with a crazy TV show and a lot of times it, we kind of like hoard things back into our lives and then it, it takes a, another look to go wow wh- how did i end up here again you know h- how did my faith end up at this place again and so we have to constantly declutter we have to constantly move forward because we naturally drift and things creep back in um, you know, we often tend to get sloppy uh, with the discipline of our faith over time. Um, <laughs> you know, agape is love. So I was, I was thinking this morning, you know, sometimes we get sloppy with our agape. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, have, um, I have a love for hot food. Anyone like hot food? I know you do. <laughs> Calvin has hooked me up with ghost pepper puree. Now there are rules to ghost pepper puree for those of you who haven't had it. I, br- I should have brought it here and let you get near it. Um, if you've ever been pepper sprayed, that's about like what happens if you use this incorrectly. Um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> and Lynn's from the area where they kind of come from, so she, 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 I was over there one time, she gave me some, it was awesome. Anyway, rule number one would, for me when dealing with ghost peppers is uh, you only use a little. Because it's easy. I one time added something to the whole family meal. And let's just say I was crying uh, because I added just a slight bit too much. Rule number two is don't touch your eyes. Now, I live by the rules diligently at first but, uh, you know, I get sloppy when I'm eating sometimes, and not just sloppy like I get stuff on my shirt. I do, which is why I never wear white, but, um, (laughs) you know, you're like, you're kind of like you're eating. You throw some more on. Next thing you know, the other day, man, it was like I got pepper sprayed, cap stunned in the house. Like, I mean, it was like every bit of mucus that had been in my body suddenly was not. Um, Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm diligent at first, um, the other th- rule is, you know, I'm diligent about not touching my eyes at first, but the other day I, um, I had the ghost peppers out and got a little on the tip of my finger and I was kind of dehydrated probably from getting cap stunned by myself with the ghost peppers. So I decided to take the contacts out, put the glasses on. Yeah, you see it coming, don't you? Slightly Painful my eye turned a shade of red that i hadn't seen in a while <laughs> would not recommend it you know and i was diligent at first but it kind of like the more you're familiar with something the more you're around it the sloppier we get I, I, I and so with you know with ghost peppers you know the, the result is i'm very uh <laughs> very mucus free <laughs> with spiritual things a lot of times we're, we're in the same way and I think another analogy is biking. Now, most of you know because I tell stories all the time about biking, and but you know, I had a foot injury. We were working on rebuilding the wheelchair ramp. There were some weather issues. Next thing I know, it had been a month since we went. You know what I mean? Like it—it it, it doesn't take much to stop being diligent. And so, you know, yesterday we went again but I probably wouldn't have gone unless people jumped in with me and went. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, there's this, sometimes we need the encouragement of other people to help moving us forward too in faith. And I think one of the reasons sometimes we, we, we drift is we try to do it all alone and by ourselves. You know, you can be a Christian and not go to church. You can be a Christian and not have Christian friends. You can be a Christian and not be in community, but it's a lot harder. I could bike on my own. In fact, for years, I, I, I biked on my own, but then it's like, oh, it's all my discipline, but that can slip away pretty easily. Yesterday, I did not want to go biking, but I was meeting people, and so I did it, and then I was very happy I did it. And so sometimes we drift because we're not connected with people. Um, but here's, when we feel ourselves slipping away, we need to figure out, we need to anchor ourselves and get back uh, to where we once were. You know, remember what a, how great salvation is. Salvation is this incredible gift. If we really think about it, uh, you know, it's we deserve judgment, but we get grace. It's offered to us for free. It's, it's not by works, but by faith. You know, I can't do enough to earn. I, I try to be good. It doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, but but it's by God's grace. We're made right with him. Uh, and, and ultimately, it'll change our eternal destiny. Again, it's free and freely given. Uh, it comes at a great cost, the life of Jesus on a cross. But it's offered as a free gift. But we still drift. But, but keeping in mind how great that salvation really is helps us to not drift as much. Reminds us to, to come back. And, and, you know, there's this, this uh, remember, and then repent. Um, I think sometimes we think of repent as, you know, being sorry. That's kind of part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, you can feel sorry you got caught. Um, and I, I deal with people's lives sometimes. I, I deal with stuff you'll never see. And often with people you'll never meet. And, um, you know, people often come to me when they're broken because they've sinned. But sometimes they're not really upset about the sin. Just the effect of getting caught. I can't work much with you there. <laughs> but, but, you know, It's one thing to feel bad about where we've we've drifted. It's another, repent means to turn around and go the other direction. So if we kind of keep with the drifting metaphor, pick up the paddles and paddle. Pick up the oars and row. There's a difference between oars and paddle. You know, know, move move the boat forward. Are we gonna keep drifting, or are we gonna do something to stop drifting? Um, And then uh, repeat, Uh, because sometimes it's it's the God things we, we did before. The things that keep us from drifting that after a while we just stop doing, we need to do those. And then we need to repeat again because it's this constant process. You know, uh, it, you know I think, I, and I've said it before, I think one of the primary habits for the Christian life, for me and for most people I know, is is reading 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 the Bible. You know, it, and it's it's funny because when I came to faith in Christ, I mean, I read the Bible every chance I could get we like going to the beach. We're like sitting outside on a picnic table. I remember reading the Bible. I'm like reading through Kings. I'm like, this is cool, <laughs> you know, because uh, Kings has cool stories, uh, you know, and I, you know, and it's like, I remember I just, I, I voraciously read the Bible, uh, read through the whole thing very quickly, uh, got to the New Testament. I was like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I like highlighted. I remember when I, I, I still remember, I, I think I have it in a box somewhere this New Testament, I think I highlighted the entire New Testament, because I'm like, this is so cool, you know, um, I wouldn't recommend highlighting the whole thing, because it kind of diminishes the point of it, (laughs) Uh, but you know, and then reading kind of is a daily thing, then it becomes a weekly thing, for some of us, right? Then it becomes weekly only at church when Jeff's got him on the screens. Don't even know where our Bible is. I used to when I was at, worked at a church, and like kids would leave their Bibles there. I'd like call them, and be like, "So Keith, how's your Bible reading going?" He's like, "Good." I'm like, "That's funny, because my Bible's right here, your Bible's right here." He goes, "Oh, that's my church Bible. I got one at home too." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Keith's a good kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, and then it becomes a monthly thing. If we're not careful, it becomes this missing thing. So be diligent in your faith. Find the things that that help you not to drift and then don't drift.